Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2 today. Uh, we're starting uh, a series called Assembly Required. Assembly uh, Required. Uh, similar to, but not to be confused with, uh, the three dreaded words on Christmas, some assembly required. Is anybody with me on that? Some assembly required. Uh, it was Christmas of 2008. Uh, I was rushing to get a present for the kids, and I got a ping pong table. I didn't put it together until uh, the night before. That way, uh, they'd be able to see it in all its glory. And uh, I'm thinking, how hard could it possibly be? Uh, a ping pong table... Uh, a ball, two paddles. It has to be just four pieces. I can do that. Uh, just four pieces. And if you guess that uh, it came in just four pieces, you would be wrong. It was 4,253 pieces. Uh, a, a gazillion screws, all different shapes, all different sizes. Uh, brackets and washers and uh, and boards and uh, and clamp. even four legs. It wasn't one piece per leg. One piece per leg. Uh, even the legs were like 14 per pieces per leg. Uh, I vowed that night about three o'clock in the morning, I'll never shop at Ikea again. Is anybody with me? Uh, because of those dreaded words, some assembly uh, required. And you say, Pastor, is Ikea that bad? Uh, well, I saw a truck pulling out of Ikea just the other day. <laughs> he bought a log cabin, but some assembly required and when a log bounced off the truck, I had this brilliant idea when I went to pick it up. I'm going to send that uh, to someone, a, a handcrafted uh, a, a luxury cabinet uh, made from scratch. Of course, I just sent the log and I put some assembly required. Uh, even with, uh, I'm not a cook, cakes and pies and on birthdays and Christmases, I, I'm just going to send the ingredients and say some assembly required, some assembly required. Uh, and, and to be serious, I, I decided this Christmas my wife loves books to buy her three or four books. Uh, of course, some assembly required. Is anybody with me at all? But today, we're going to start a series where it's not that kind of assembly, that kind of assembly. It's similar to, similar to, but not the same thing as. We're going to look at all the characters of Christmas, and all of them are assembling around Christ. All of them are assembling around believers. And on that first Christmas when all of them were assembling, I find a lot of people during our current Christmases are doing anything but that. And so I want to look first at who we're assembling around. Who we're assembling around, Luke chapter 2, look at verse number 8. The one that we're assembling around and the difference he makes, verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. Glory of the Lord uh, shone round about them. They were sore afraid. And uh, the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Uh, even the news of Christ changed the scene. Uh, good news, good news, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For uh, unto you is born this day in the city of David uh, a Savior. Uh, which is Christ the Lord. Put down number one, the transforming Messiah. The transforming uh, Messiah. Jesus makes all the difference 
uh, in the world, he always does. He always does. Even on that dark night, uh, that gloomy, tired kind of a night, uh, verse number 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Totally transformed their world. Uh, just like Christ totally transforms our world when we receive him. Uh, when we gather with him. Uh, when we uh, walk and draw nigh uh, to him. Uh, if any man be in Christ, he's a totally transformed. Uh, a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away. Behold, uh, all things are become new. Uh, the transforming Messiah. Uh, look down at verse number 27. Simeon. Uh, Simeon, uh, who was given the promise, you're not going to uh, uh, die until you see the Lord's salvation. Look at 27. Uh, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. And by the way, uh, that's where the Spirit always leads. Uh, the Spirit of God's not leading someone to assemble less. Uh, the Spirit of God would be causing someone to assemble more. And so he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him, after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Can you imagine Simeon, this old man, taking Jesus, the baby, out of their arms, saying, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. I'm satisfied. Boy, around Christ, I'm fulfilled. Uh, abiding with Christ, uh, I, I, I'm totally contented on the inside. Uh, I have everything that I need. Now let us, thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, uh, a light to lighten the Gentiles, uh, and the glory of the people of Israel. Uh, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him when Christ entered their world. Everything changed. When Christ enters your world, everything, everything changes. When Christ is present, there's satisfaction. There's contentment. There's direction. There's purpose. When Christ is present, when you're in the presence of Christ, the Bible says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. When we're in his presence, when we're in his presence, when we're aware of his presence, where our life has purpose, uh, our family has fun, our marriages have peace, our, our, our actions have fulfillment, our, our relationships have love, that's the transforming uh, Messiah, and that's why they were there uh, assembling around Christ, and that's why we're here. Uh, assembling around the Lord Jesus Christ. But when the angels stopped singing, the lights started dimming, and the mundane, the monotony started uh, happening. Look at 41. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover, and when he was 12 years old, 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast, and it's there that they made that tragic mistake. Put it down. Uh, the tragic mistake. They got... Uh, so busy and so much hustling and uh, the excitement was uh, waning. It, it wasn't uh, brand new to them. Look at 43. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother Mary knew not of it. 
knew not of it, but they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey. And I've read that. We've talked about that uh, time and time again, but I'm never any less shocked that they lose the presence of Christ. They forget the person of Christ. Uh, they got so busy with what they were doing, the happenings of that day, uh, that they didn't even realize they had walked away from Christ. Uh, keep in mind, Mary knew who Jesus was. Uh, maybe not the fullest extent, but she knew. And, and I love that, that Christmas song, Mary, Did You Know? Isn't that a great song? I love that song, but I'm pretty sure she had a pretty good idea. Okay, uh, Mary, did you know that when you touch the face of Jesus, you touch the face of God. I'm pretty sure she had a pretty good idea because Joseph, the angel, came to him and, and told him, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the Lord, uh, of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us, are we walking with him? God with us, are we assembling around him? God with us, I sure hope my life is characterized by being within arm's reach of him. And so, uh, Mary, did you know she had a pretty good idea? She was walking away, uh, not realizing, uh, not paying enough attention to uh, the person of Christ, the presence of Christ, and that was her, their tragic uh, mistake. Have you noticed that uh, we make that same, have made that same tragic mistake in our country? Boy, at one time, the Bible was the textbook for our schools. Boy, it's a tragic mistake. Uh, prayer started every class. We're pushing it aside. Hey, it's a tragic, tragic mistake. Uh, th there was a time when, when politicians would be known by their testimony, known by their, their walk with God. Uh, but uh, we've made a tragic mistake when we're focusing on anything other than him. But we make a tragic mistake we have in our country. Uh, we make a tragic mistake, and, and we have with our churches. With our churches. Uh, putting entertainment above Christ. Putting anything other than Christ above Christ. Uh, making it about fellowship and community and clubs and activities and uh, all kinds of happenings and pop psychology and, uh, and guilt and, uh, and legalism. And, and when it's not about preaching Christ, teaching Christ, singing about Christ, fellowshipping around Christ, when Christ isn't preeminent in his church, we're making a tragic mistake. We've done so in our country. Tragic mistake. Uh, not realizing, maybe even supposing... Uh, maybe kind of having a more progressive mindset on, uh, on let's just kind of go with the flow. No, no, church should always be focused around the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and when it's not, uh, it's a tragic mistake. We've uh, made it in our country. We've uh, made it in some of our churches. Boy, it's only about Christ. Uh, it should be always about Christ. Uh, everything should point us to the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. But down number three, that tragic mistake. We've uh, made it in our country. We've uh, made it with our churches. But down number three, we've done it after COVID. 
We've done it after COVID. Let me get in your business just for a minute, okay? Uh, We've done it after uh, COVID. First, we're forced to not assemble. Uh, And then we got used to not assembling. Uh, And now some are never going back to uh, assembling. Is everybody with me? I know I'm preaching to the choir. You're here. I get that. Uh, But uh, at first, we're forced to not assemble. Uh, But then we get used to uh, not assembling. Uh, And now some will never go back to uh, assembling around the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, surveys say, uh, depending on what one you read, 15% drop in church attendance on Sunday mornings. Uh, 15%, depending on what you read, but, but I don't know that any survey ever says that it increased uh, post uh, compared to pre. Uh, 15% decrease in charitable giving. We make a tragic mistake in our country with our churches. And, uh, and after COVID, uh, we forced to and then got used to. And now some never going back to. Don't ever forget assembly required. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Well, it's a tragic mistake in our country, with our churches. Uh, after COVID, uh, and let's hit real close to home, uh, we make that tragic mistake at times during Christmas. During Christmas, we get so busy, uh, so occupied, so distracted by There was two ladies that were having a lunch at this elegant hotel when uh, one of their friends approached them, a celebratory type uh, lunch, and that friend asked them, uh, what was the occasion? And she said, "Uh, we're celebrating the birth of my child. Uh, And the man uh, rightly said, well, where's the child? Uh, And she said, you didn't think we would bring him to the celebration, do you? And that's kind of how we celebrate Christmas. We, as a staff... Uh, It was my turn, my birthday, November 25th, uh, for lunch. Most of the staff, some of the staff will go out for lunch on that person's birthday. Uh, We went to R&R Taqueria. I'll eat free now. But anyway, uh, uh, it was mine. Uh, But uh, uh, I remember a a former staff member years ago, uh, when it was their birthday, uh, we were excited about, we're going to lunch at, uh, and we all, as a staff, sat around, we ordered, we started eating, and we realized uh, the staff member whose birthday it was wasn't there. Uh, he didn't get a ride. He needed a ride. And so there we're celebrating his birthday uh, without the one who we're honoring uh, on his birthday. Is anybody with me at all? And listen, uh, if you get so busy traveling and purchasing and buying uh, and selling and attending and driving and and vacationing and shopping and decorating that you're reading your Bible less, that you're praying less, that you're giving to the Lord less, you're making a tragic mistake. Boy, if you're reading less and praying less and giving less, uh, we throw up a nativity in the center of the room at our house and our living rooms, but But at times, uh, we don't have Christ at the center of our hearts. We'll put a tree up, uh, squeeze that tree up, move all the furniture around to put that tree up. But if we're not careful, we won't fit the Lord Jesus Christ in our schedules. It can be that kind 
of busy, our spending financially, all-time high. But if we're not careful, our giving sacrificially can be, be at an all-time low. That's why Christmas Eve has been a big deal here, always will be a big deal here, because we want to make sure Christ is first and preeminent. That's why the Christmas gift for Jesus offering uh, has always been a tradition here. uh, Because we want to make sure Jesus Christ is first and preeminent here. Uh, And if you go through December reading less, it's a tragic mistake. Uh, If you go through December praying less, it's a tragic mistake. Uh, If you go through uh, December giving less, you're making a tragic mistake. And Joseph and Mary... They got so busy, the hustle and bustle of traveling and leaving, they left Jesus behind. They didn't realize he was gone, 43. They supposed that he was still there, verse 44. It was a tragic mistake. Put down number three if you haven't already. Uh, Their tearful mission, their tearful mission, uh, when you finally realize that that the presence of Christ, the uh, person of Christ uh, isn't there, uh, notice their tearful mission, 44. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they, they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. They sought him, uh, 45, uh, and when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him, uh, seeking him. They sought him, 48 says, they sought him sorrowing. Boy, that rising panic, uh, the nervousness, turning to anxiousness. Turning to outright panic, outright panic. You've heard the story about Charlene when uh, Hannah was about five or six. She was shopping in White Marsh Mall with her mom. Um, and when they split up, uh, Char didn't realize that Hannah, our daughter, ended up going with Char's mom shopping over there. Uh, and the next thing, uh, Char, as she turned around, knew uh, that Hannah's gone. Where'd she go? She's lost. Someone took her. I actually had it um, at... Target's Starbucks on the way out. I had Charlie holding her hand, walking, uh, ordering at Starbucks, and trying to pay for Starbucks, uh, getting my wallet out. Uh, I, I turn around, and of course, she's this tall. I'm looking up here. Uh, I, I mean, that panic in my heart. Where are you, Charlie? Oh, no, Charlie. Uh, it wasn't any worse than Charlie. Hannah, where are you at, Hannah? And tears were coming down. And, uh, and, and it's just that, that realization that, that you've lost someone that's important. Uh, You've walked away from someone that's important. Uh, You're not as close to spending time with. Boy, you're not fellowshipping with. Something happened, uh, and it was a tearful mission for them. Uh, And I promise you, when someone steps away from church, steps away from their uninterrupted walk with God, praying and reading and devotional time, uh, eventually, uh, supposing he's still there and thinking that he's still there, but eventually, like Joseph, like Mary, they'll end up hurting and sorrowing. And I think that's why, for some, Christmas can feel hollow. For some, Christmas, when it's lived apart from Christ, can feel empty, and our purposes can feel accidental. Put down number four. Number four. Number one, the transforming Messiah. Number two, the tragic mistake. Uh, Number three, the tearful mission. How many Christians have lost decades because they walked away 
And then when they're coming back, when they're getting right with the Lord, when they're uh, renewing their life, hey, thank God for that. Thank God for that. But that time that you'll never get back, it's a tearful mission. Put down number four, their temple meeting. Their temple meeting. 41, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And of course, the main part of Passover is in the house of God. It's at the temple, 46. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him. They found him in the house of God. They found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing uh, them and asking uh, them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were uh, amazed. Uh, I think it's noteworthy that they found him where they left him. They found him where they lost him. Uh, they, they uh, walking away from, spending time at, but then walking away from, traveling away from, uh, not realizing for some time, uh, they, they found him uh, where they had uh, left him. And I guess the question comes, uh, where is it that you left uh, your time with the Lord? Uh, where is it that, that, that you, you lost, uh, you, you, you ended up slowing down your Bible reading, you ended up uh, praying sporadically, you ended up uh, attending uh, infrequently, you ended up uh, not as close as you once were, you'll usually find Jesus Christ exactly where you left Jesus Christ. Uh, and many times, it's in the house of God, many times, sometimes uh, it's rushing past your devotions, rushing past your devotions. When's the last time you had devotions? Uh, too busy to read the Bible, too busy to read the Bible. Hey, when's the last time you did uh, read the Bible? Well, let's make sure that we don't make that same tragic mistake. Uh, be careful that uh, something, something that at sometimes you're forced to, uh, not assemble, I get that, but then you get used to not assembling, uh, and then some never go back to assembling around the Lord Jesus Christ, assembling with other believers. Uh, and so I want to quickly, uh, this morning, uh, highlight one of the characters of Christmas. And so uh, the character of Christmas that I want to highlight this morning uh, are the wise men, the wise men. And I think that uh, there we uh, took out all the people from the, uh, the nativity scene except for the wise men. Uh, if you can see the screen up here, you see that we highlighted uh, the wise men. And we're going to walk through a little bit the shepherds next week, uh, Mary and Joseph next week. Uh, but, but we're going to see how all of them, all of them are assembling uh, together. Uh, and the wise men are great because uh, they didn't travel a couple of miles over a couple of hours to get there. Uh, they traveled hundreds of miles for months, for months, hundreds of miles. Uh, to get there, uh, and I actually have uh, one other visual. You have the, the screens, you have the uh, backdrop, uh, but then you have the nativity over here, uh, and I have uh, uh, a couple of wise men that are going to travel all the way to the nativity. Uh, wise men by Fisher Price. I think that's what it says on the bottom. Um, and, and someone may object, a couple of objections. Well, Pastor, don't you know that the wise men weren't at the nativity, at the manger? Uh, and let me say, yes, I know that. Uh, but let me also say, it's the sermon series I'm preaching. So anyway, uh, uh, the, okay, um, the Bible says that, that uh, when they got there, uh, they saw the young child, not the infant. They saw the young child, not the infant, uh, in a house, in a house, not the manger, 
uh, in a house. And so uh, their trip wasn't just a couple of miles for a couple of days. Uh, and another objection you might have is there's only two wise men. I count myself as the third. Anyway, uh, and so the three wise men, here we are. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's not that funny. Uh, the three wise men uh, were traveling from the east. Another objection, that's west. You're traveling west. East is that way. And just, you know, get over it. And so uh, they're traveling uh, hundreds of miles for months, the wise men were. Uh, in fact, when they got really, really close to, to Bethlehem, to the nativity, uh, they stopped uh, in Jerusalem uh, and asked Herod, uh, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Five miles away, they stopped and said, uh, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Uh, it's interesting that Herod called for the chief priests and the scribes, both of them, the chief priests and the scribes, scribes that knew the Bible, the chief priests that were supposed to be the spiritual leaders, uh, and, uh, and Herod inquired of them, uh, and they said automatically, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus saith a prophet. Uh, and then they quoted Micah. Well, he's born five miles from here, five miles from here. Uh, what's interesting is where the wise men traveled uh, from, from way east of where they were hundreds of miles away, uh, even when they finally got there, uh, on the backside of it, uh, Herod inquired diligently of them uh, the first time that the star appeared. Herod inquired diligently of them. They told him. Uh, and then when Herod on the backside decided to take care of, of, of this newborn king, he killed all of the kids two years old and younger. And so they traveled at least for months, probably years, at least for months, probably for years. Why? To assemble uh, around Christ, to assemble uh, around Christ. But the chief priests and the scribes wouldn't travel five miles. They said, Herod said, if you find him, come back and tell me. If you find him, come back and tell me. I'm too busy this morning to assemble around Christ and assemble with other believers. If you find him, come back and tell me. Uh, come back and tell me, five miles. Hey, they traveled months and miles. Uh, he wasn't willing. They, the scribes, the spiritual leaders, the chief priests, weren't willing to travel from Jerusalem to Bethlehem five miles to assemble around, to assemble around, to assemble around. My wife and I made a decision before we were married that church is a priority. We don't have to make that decision this morning when it was rainy out. Boy, it's just a little damp. It's a little dreary. And I get that every once in a while, one of us isn't able, a sickness or something, able to. But I don't ever want to go from feeling forced to not assemble to, to getting used to not assembling to now never going back to assembling. We don't have to make that decision every single Sunday morning because we want to live our lives assembling around uh, assembling around uh, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and assembling with other uh, born-again believers who are worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a rich landowner that legend says uh, was a uh, widower that uh, ended up uh, uh, raising an adolescent son, and they were so close. They uh, had a hobby of collecting artwork, uh, and his mansion was adorned with masterpieces worth uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And 
Uh, during a war-type time, his son had to go over, enlist, and go to battle. Shortly after that, uh, the son died in combat. The dad distraught. Uh, the dad depressed. Uh, ended up facing the upcoming Christmas holiday by himself, heavy, uh, feeling like he had no reason for joy. Uh, he lost his reason for joy at the death of his son. But on Christmas morning, as he was sleeping, depressing in, a knock on the door woke him up. As he gathered himself and he went to the door, there at the door stood a soldier in full uniform, package under his arm, saying, Sir, may I come in? And he let him step in, and the man proceeded to talk about, your son and I were best friends in the military. In fact, I was the one that your son was saving when he lost his life. I want to give you a, a gift that I made through that time uh, that I think you will appreciate. And he uncovered that, that large package. And it wasn't a, a, a work of genius. It wasn't a, a masterpiece of art. But uh, that soldier had kind of chalked out, kind of a drawn, kind of uh, crudely painted a picture of that man's son. And, and though it wasn't a priceless work of art, it captured uh, his look, uh, his, his son's face, incredibly. Uh, overcome with emotions, his eyes started leaking, his, his body started heaving. He, he, he took that painting, he uh, displaced other masterpieces and, and hung that painting, that portrait of his son, uh, above the fireplace. Uh, and, and it overshadowed, he had no uh, love or any uh, heart for any of the others. It overshadowed all the rest. He spent the rest of that Christmas and many days forward uh, just admiring and remembering uh, as he looked at that portrait of his son. As the story goes, the man died not long after that. Uh, and uh, and uh, the, the art world, the collectors, the, the, the ones that were entrepreneurs were, were excited about uh, uh, being able to uh, uh, buy those masterpieces that that man had. And, uh, and the auction was set for uh, Christmas Day. That same day that that painting changed his life, remembering, bringing joy to his heart uh, by, by remembering his son, the collectors gathered on that morning, the, the world looking in, uh, people already kind of earmarking uh, the spectacular paintings they wanted to, to purchase, they wanted to uh, take home. At the appointed time, the uh, auctioneer wrapped that gavel, uh, and he began with a painting that no one really came for. It was the picture, the portrait uh, of the man's son. The auctioneer asked for an opening bid. The room's silent. Uh, won't anyone bid $100 on, uh, on this painting? And, and when someone finally spoke up, it was, who cares about that painting? It's just a picture of the boy. Let's move on to what we came for. And the auctioneer said, no, it's explicitly said in the will. But this uh, painting has to sell first. Now, uh, who will bid on the picture of his son? Finally, a longtime neighbor towards the back said, I have $50, that's all I have, but I would love to get a picture of this family that I loved, of this boy that I grew so close to. I want to purchase that picture of the son. The auctioneer said, going once, $50, going twice, $50, gone as this gavel wrapped on that wood. Cheers filled the room, but it wasn't cheers that 
that someone purchased that painting, but that that painting got out of the way. Hey, now, let's get on to what we came for. Uh, now, hey, I, I can't wait to, to, to see the one that, that I wanted to get. Bring out the masterpieces. The auctioneer to the full room of the people abruptly announced the auction's over with another rap of the gavel. Everyone stunned. Someone in the back spoke up and said, what do you mean it's over? We didn't come for that one painting of the sun. There's millions of dollars worth of art there. We want to buy them. The auctioneer replied, they're no longer for sale. Uh, those paintings go to the one that purchased the painting of the sun. In fact, as he read from the will, whoever takes the sun gets it all. Whoever takes the sun gets it all. Whoever takes the sun gets it all. And we're so busy chasing down the baubles and trinkets that we think will satisfy and fulfill, uh, especially during this time, but to, to be honest with you, every other time. Uh, we're uh, chasing career, chasing dollar, chasing salary, chasing possession, uh, chasing fulfillment, chasing, chasing satisfaction. But if I could read from the will of the Father, whoever gets the Son gets it all. But the decision that we need to make today is just, not just in December, but in my life. I want to have Jesus Christ as my top priority. I want him to be preeminent. I don't want to read less during his birthday. I want to read more. Pray less during his birthday. Hey, I want to pray more. I want to walk closer to, to my hero, to my Savior, to my King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever gets the Son, whoever receives the Son, gets it all. Has there been a time when you have received the Lord Jesus Christ? And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.